Welcome to episode 170 of the Thunder Underground podcast. Trent and Jason here as always, and this week's a good one. I think so. Yeah, we could classify it as good. Yes, they're all good. All good, some better. You can say that about a lot of things, but we won't get into that. But we'll put this in the better category. Yeah, oh, fuck yeah. (laughs) Ricky Warwick and Damon Johnson of Black Star Riders are in the house tonight. They have joined us on the podcast. That's right, this was pretty cool for us, not just because we love Black Star Riders, but we've both admittedly been huge Damon Johnson fans for... From day one. 25 years, basically. Yeah, 1993. So to be able to talk to him along with Rookie was quite a big yes, deal. it was an honor. Yeah, and we'll get into more of that here in just a bit. Gotcha. But before we do, we need to let you know that this episode is sponsored by DEB Concerts and a brand new sponsor, Vitz Screen Printing. Very proud to have them on board. Yeah, both of them. Just tell you about Vitz Screen Printing. They're out of Oklahoma City. They do t-shirts, hoodies, hats, all the stuff that most screen printers do. They do a lot of stuff for bands. In fact, they did our t-shirts. Yes. Which, if you get on thethunderunderground.com, you can finally buy stuff off of there. Nice, nice. You got that set up. So Sweet. get on there and buy yourself a t-shirt. Well, we're getting some new t-shirts, all right? Yeah. Okay, well, cool. We've had the same style here for the past couple of years, and we've got a new new one coming in here shortly, so that'll be up there as well. But yeah, get on Facebook, pull up Vitz Screen Printing. It's V-I-T-S Screen Printing. You can order stuff online. I believe they help you design it too if you don't have a design, all that great stuff. Mm-hmm. So check them out, and they'll ship anywhere. It's not just a Oklahoma thing. Nice. And it, of course... It, what? Go, no, go ahead. No, I was just going to go into DEB. Yes, that's where I was going to oh, go. Yeah. ahead. DEB Concerts. <laughs> Like we mentioned last time, sponsoring this podcast now as well. Local promoter here based in the Tulsa area brings in a lot of shows in the the 80s, early 90s rock field. The stuff that we've championed a lot because that's where we basically got our start in the love of music at was all that stuff. And we still love it today. Yeah, and they're bringing in all kinds of stuff here over the past couple years. Get on Facebook and follow Streets Gone Wild. That's where they update everything, keep all the new information coming. You can find all the show posters there. But coming up here shortly at the end of this month, at the Ideal Ballroom, they've got Striper coming with Driver opening. And if you've never, I I mean, I know a lot of people have a preconceived notion about Striper, but if you've never seen them live, they're an amazing live band. I've seen them twice in the past couple years. Michael Sweet's phenomenal. The guy's got an iron voice, I mean, really. Yeah. Yeah, it's just one of those bands you can't go wrong with. Which, by the way, that new uh, Sweet and Lynch last year was badass. Yes. Anything <laughs> anything those two ever did was insane. Yeah. They've got two albums out already and looking for more in the future. But then what else we got this summer? Steelheart is returning. Yes. They're playing Safari Joe's, which <clears throat> is the old Big Splash water park. So I'm sure if you get on Safari Joe's website, you can find out more information about that. But it's July 26th, and DEB Concerts is promoting this one as well followed a couple days later on july 28th bisto blanco is playing the ideal can't wait for that one and guess what what this one will cost you a grand total of zero dollars well then i need to see everybody out there yeah yeah deb is bringing this in as a thank you for everybody coming to all their other shows that's fucking great if you don't know bisto blanco look him up they're badass it features chuck garrick alice cooper's bass player he's a fucking badass it's also got calico cooper Alice Cooper's daughter. Yes. 
And and they're good. They're fucking good. Yeah. Yeah. We wouldn't be rambling on if they weren't. Yeah. We would have just said the name and moved along. (laughs) But they've also got driver opening as well as our good buddies in Down for Five. Can't wait. Both excellent bands. Then a little bit later in the summer, August 18th, Faster Pussycats returning to Tulsa, playing the Ideal Ballroom with Don Jameson, doing some comedy beforehand. Nice. Both of those are fantastic live acts to see. And then we've got Dead Metal Society opening that show. Love that. And speaking of Dead Metal Society, we might have an announcement here on our next episode about an upcoming episode featuring a member of Dead Metal Society. You never know. Yeah. You got to stay tuned, really. Yeah. We've had two members before. We had nine and Jason Gilardi. So we might have a number three here to talk about shortly. Loving it. Yeah. But yeah, check all those shows out if you're in the Tulsa area or anywhere in driving distance. Ideal is a fantastic venue, and DEB keeps bringing amazing stuff. I'm going to throw this out here. They need to bring Extreme to the Ideal Ballroom. There you go. Yes. Yeah, that would that would be amazing. That would be. Yeah, I, and I or think the new Queensryche. The, yeah, Queensryche. Well, it's not new Queensryche. I just mean Queensryche, but with Todd singing now, it's it, freaking amazing. I'm going to get a little. I'm going to. I'm going to go a little deeper here. I want him to get Taiketo here. Opening yeah. for one of those bands or something, fucking that needs to happen. I said it. Yeah, that's cool. Well, envision it; it will happen hopefully. So if we're just throwing out random bands <laughs> like that, I want them to bring Tora Tora. They're only from Memphis; it's a short drive. <laughs> hey, you'll pay for their gas. I will. I will. <laughs> I will personally buy Tora Tora's gas to and from Memphis. If Doug Burgess books him to play the ideal barn. See, most of the times when I'm like, hey, Trent will buy you drinks or Trent will do this. He's like, you know, Trent will lick your underwear. He's like, Trent's like, fuck that. I'm not going to do that. But this time I threw it out there and he's going to do it. That's right. Look at that. <laughs> I, I feel good about this one, Trent. Yeah. I'm thinking we're making strides right here. <laughs> <laughs> but speaking of shows, this Saturday night in Tulsa at the Shrine is going to be a, what would you call it? A ball squasher. A ball squasher, a barn burner, a face melter. All three of those. Yeah. Helmet. Oh, man. And prong. I can't fucking wait. Two bands that are fantastic put this together. This is just a fantastic night. Prong is just unbelievable. Yes. And Helmet, I haven't seen them in quite a many years, so really I've, looking for I've them. never seen Helmet. You've never seen them live? Never seen them. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, I mean, this is going to be amazing. Um, prong, I mean, where do I start? You know... That's another 25-year one. Yeah. Um, and I think that this build together is just really cool. Yeah. It's not, you don't really think of them in the same, exact same avenue as the yeah. type of band, but they when you put them together, you really think that's a really good match, you know? Oh, definitely. So that's something you're probably going to hear a lot more about here on the next episode, because that'll be after that happened. So we'll get into that. Of course. Speaking of kick-ass shows, they also just announced Shooter Jennings at the Shrine later this summer, July 6th. Holy fuck. Yeah. Which, I mean, come on. I know that's country, and if you don't listen to this all the time, you might not know that we had Shooter Jennings on this podcast. It's been right about two years ago now. Yep. And still one of my top three favorite episodes. Yes, definitely. I mean, yes, he's country, but one, he's real country, so... That's awesome. And he's he has a, a lot of rock leanings. He well. has a lot of rock leanings, and he's very, that's where he got to start. So he's very inured in all that. He know he can hang with that. He can talk about it. And he was like one of the nicest dudes ever. So, you know, I can't, I can't wait to see him again. Yeah. Really looking forward to that. Well, what else we got? 
Guns N' Roses, what do you think of this uh, this box? I know you probably don't even care. Why am I asking you? <laughs> well, I mean, I kind of want to get your take on it because I read all the stuff and I saw the picture. I mean, is that to you, is that something like, you know, that's your favorite band. Is that something, man, I got to get this. Well, no, I would love to have that super huge box thing. Yeah. There's no way I'm paying a grand for that. Yeah. You know? But that thing that cost a grand is like a, it's like a wooden box that's got, it's made of leather and has the, the logo embossed on the front and yeah. out of metal, I think. And then it's got, the whole thing is on like seven vinyls and then has all this other stuff. But the regular, normal deluxe ones, like 180, just like all the Metallica ones. Yeah. yeah. Which is the one I'll probably get. Yes. And, but the only bummer about that is there's not an option of that one that includes the vinyl. Really? The seven vinyl oh, that thing. That fucking sucks. That's kind of, I guess, the special deal about the yeah. the big yeah. one is the only way you can get the seven vinyls is if you buy that huge box and there's only like 10,000 of them. But you can buy like the two vinyl version of like yeah. the album with some extra stuff for like 35 bucks or something. Well, maybe I'll start a GoFundMe page for you. There you go. So Trent can get this, you know, <laughs> $1,000 box. In. Right. <laughs> but I'll definitely get the the regular deluxe thing you know yes and i will definitely want to look at it yeah well let's play some music why not we're gonna play this band and then we're gonna talk about it afterwards because we got a few things to say you're goddamn right we do (laughs) this is some righteous fucking shit man yeah that's that's a good a good (laughs) quote because that's the truth this band is called the dirty soul revival and this song is called can't hurt me anymore
Can't Hurt Me Anymore. A song from the Dirty Soul Revival and their album Brave New World. Yes. And yes. I don't think this is an ode to Iron Maiden, but <laughs> it may be. You never know. No. That is just one of the tracks on this album. And this album, this is not me overhyping anything. This album is fucking fantastic. That's right. That's right. This, let me just say, this, this is, this is what I want to hear out of my rock and roll music. Okay. Like metal, you know, yeah, we, I love metal and, you know, I want, you know, guns blazing and riffs and fucking fire and all that shit. But when it's come to rock and roll, you know, I, the blues based, you know, this thing's got soul. This is, this is why I love bands like this and, you know, Buck Cherry and, you know, even, even shit like Greta Van Fleet, you know, there's blues in it. And that's, I think, important. And not a lot of bands do that today. You know, like you hear this song and you want to like drink whiskey and you want to fuck and you want to <laughs> like make bad decisions. Yeah. I don't get that when I hear Star Set or whatever the fuck, you know? That, that's this. That's why this is. This is what I'm. This is what I'm fucking talking about. Yeah. You know, this is dirty rock and roll. How it should be done. And you know, I, I don't want to hear no shit about it. Sounds like old guy rock or whatever. Fuck that. I mean, you know, this. This is. This is what it fucking is. Yeah. Whenever I first saw their name before I'd listened to them, I'm like, there's a few different ways this this could go. But when I click play, I'm like, okay, this is exactly how it's supposed to go. That's right. Because this is one of those rare times where the name perfectly fits the sound. <laughs> and it's just from start to finish, there's everything. There's the the blues rockers. There's just the deep down, like you said, dirty blues. You know, yes. the, there's a few of those songs. that are, There's one song that's like eight minutes, one song that's nine minutes. And they're like, you know, just this bluesy guitar full of emotion and then like the vocals are just you know it's as bluesy as as can be as well that's right and there's even points there's points where i heard things like cry of love in here mm-hmm. and then you hear stuff like black crows yes, and you also yeah, obviously hear that. stuff like skinnered and then you mm-hmm. hear like we said the blues it's just like you said it's just perfect rock and roll bending strings my friend yeah hashtag bending strings adam jode we're making that up for you buddy <laughs> Well, these guys are out of Asheville, North Carolina. Okay. And they're going to be playing Rocklahoma this year. Nice. Which is why we wanted to get this on here now. Yes. Because we're basically two and a half weeks away from these guys playing. The shows kick off Thursday. These guys are playing Friday on the Axis stage. I think it's 1230. They're playing early in the day. Okay. They're like one of the, I think they're the second band on the bill. Actually behind Dirty Boulevard from Kansas City, which features the former drummer of Drek, Greg. Mm. So get out there and check both them out before you go into the main gates Friday. But yeah, I just can't imagine that these guys aren't just as amazing live, which is good with as good as this band is. Yeah, once again, Axis Stage Friday, 1230 p.m., Dirty Soul Revival. Look up their album, Brave New World. Follow them on Facebook. Can't go wrong. I'll be there. Hell yeah. All right, I think it's time to talk about some Black Star Riders. Let's do it. We talked a little bit about them on the last episode, but we didn't get too much into it since we knew we'd be doing it more here. But we saw them open up for Judas Priest along with Saxon week before last. And that's actually when we recorded this episode at the yes. DOK Center before that show. And finally getting to see these guys live was quite a 
what's the right word? Uh, quite a treat, I guess, would be a good way to put Definitely. it. Definitely. It was special, for sure. It lived up to everything I'd hoped it would. And I just, this is a band that I've liked from the beginning. I like mm-hmm. all three albums, but it's weird. And I think you kind of mentioned the same thing. A couple weeks before the show, you know, I'm listening to all three of the bands getting ready. And I'm just listening to that, the third album, Heavy Fire. And just something clicked. Like, the second time I was listening to it, I'm like, man, this is before I'm just thinking this stuff's great. Now I'm thinking this is amazing. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I wasn't ever asleep on this band because I always liked them. Yeah. But I was asleep on the fact about how really great yeah. these three albums are. Yeah. And seeing them live, you know, just completely put that over the top for me. Oh, I think so. I mean, uh, you know, this is one of those uh, one of those bands. They sound so fucking good. And especially... Uh, I'm sure it's the fact that Judas Priest are fucking awesome, and you know they're uh, and Black Star Riders is so good. They sounded so great for for a band that's opening the show. Usually, you don't get that in these big yeah. arena shows. Uh, you know, the headlining band puts a lot of shit on them, like a lot of restrictions. I doubt that was the case because they 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 shone through like crazy, and you know. They really, they really connected and people loved them. And to see that in America finally for these guys is like the best thing. Yeah. It really is. Cause you know, they, you know, they, their bread and butter is in Europe, UK, you know, uh, so for them to finally get some love in America was great. You know, the Tulsa world, I don't know if I forwarded it to you or not. I can't remember. Tulsa world wrote a review of the whole show and they said all three bands were just stellar. You know, they didn't just, you know, camp out on Judas Priest. They cool. said great things about Saxon and really great things about Black Star Riders. So, I mean, it's just, uh, it's what you want, really. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of people, there's, if you're really into music or you're a diehard fan, people know where this band came from. But there, I think yes. there's still, you probably go to shows like this, there's still probably half the crowd that didn't even know who that was. Mm-hmm. You know, and even once it started, they might have found out later unless they did some research. But, you know, because, you know, your average rock fan, probably the same thing we talked about with Saxon, wasn't even really familiar with them. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I'm glad, like you said, about how the, the sound and everything was perfect for both these bands. Because I really think, like you mentioned with Saxon and with Black Star Riders, you saw people standing up and getting into it. Yeah. And I think that both those really connected. And like Damon Johnson even mentions towards the end of this interview, or sometime in this interview that, you know, Judas Priest will never know how thankful they are for him for what mm. this tour has meant oh, for yeah, that band, definitely. you know? Yeah, and see, you know, and it's hopefully, it's something like later this year, next year, they can come back through on their own tour. Yeah. And, and you know, have some, have some, some, something to go off of there, you know? Right. And I also wanted to mention, you know, they mentioned uh, Chad's Liga, their new drummer, well, about a year and uh and it's once you saw it finally live you know what they were saying about how he you know really kind of turned things up a notch that guy is so fucking good he's like animated but not like over animated yeah he hits hard i really enjoyed watching him play uh, you know i think we've seen him with black label society maybe once or twice right but i just didn't really you know, you're always watching Zach or whatever. So to see this, I mean, that was awesome. And, you know, it was just the whole, then the whole fucking, you know, Brother Kane thing. You know, we have to mention that again. Um, 
So to be sitting across from this guy was fucking great. I mean, I don't want to fanboy out, but I'm just saying it was fucking awesome. And I want, definitely want the focus to be on Black Star Riders, but I just, on a personal note, it, it was great to meet him and, you know, there's all kinds of stuff to talk about. It was just cool. Yeah. I mean, I'll say it. We both agree that Brother Kane's debut album is one of the best albums ever made. I mean, definitely. It has to be. I mean, it like is. we talked about with Dirty Soul Revival earlier, it's just perfect rock and roll. Yes, it is. It really is. And if for some reason you're not familiar with that or you only know a couple singles, you got to check this thing out. Yeah. And even, you know, the other two albums are great as well. Oh, yeah. The, all their shit's amazing. Yeah. But I mean, this that goes to into what we talked about in this interview. I mean, Damon Johnson is a, an amazing songwriter. His solo stuff's great. His album release is fantastic, yeah. and he's wrote stuff for a lot of other artists, big time artists. And Play I know Ricky Alice Ward Cooper. has done the same thing. Yeah, yeah. And they're doing their own acoustic thing. You know? Yeah, yeah. I actually, got they released. Yeah, the opportunity to see him acoustic here three or four years That's ago. That's right. Yeah. And at that point, that was before this podcast, so I did kind of fanboy out of him after the show when I met him, but <laughs> I didn't bring that up, of course, until now. But yeah, like, I would love to see that as well, you know, so hopefully yep. we get some of those in the States if we're lucky. Yeah, but and, I mean, yeah, Black Star Riders. Uh, and we haven't even just... mentioned the freaking foundation of that band, Scott Gorm. Yes. You know, has that we're guitar get, sound all, yeah. that's un- unmistakable, you yep. know, so to bring that into this band, you know, that Thin Lizzy sound is just... Yeah, it, It's just like this action-packed high octane rock and roll you know it, it's heavy but it does kind of have that bluesy feel yeah. and then like you see you got scott gorm coming in putting that whole thin lizzy thing on it uh, ricky warwick's vocals are just tough as fuck i mean yeah. if you guys haven't listened to black star riders just do it now. and it's it's cool to see robbie crane after all these years yes. in a in an actual band that he's a you know yes, not saying exactly. anything about his past but i'm saying he's he's been in tons of things but he's always just been a guy that came in to another band that was already established. Exactly. So it's kind of cool to see him here as part of a band. Something you know? he can own. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. He deserves it. He's, <laughs> he's been a, a warrior for a long time. Yeah. Well, we ready to get into this. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. This is a great one. I mean, I'll say that it's, I don't know what I can't place numbers, but this is definitely one of my favorite ones we've ever done. I think it's up there with shooter. Yeah. You think maybe shooter and Reed Mullen. Yeah. Maybe like a, just exact level. Yeah. Maybe a little higher. <laughs> right. We well, yeah, hit us up at thethunderunderground.com. Follow us on the, all the socials. And yeah, this is Damon Johnson and Ricky Warwick of the Black Star Riders. Metal shows in Tulsa. That <laughs> nah, it kind of varies. Uh, Oklahoma City used to get a lot more than us, but yeah. it, goes, it goes up and down. You know, it's it's been on a real good up for a while. Mm-hmm. For, for a while there, there was it was all just like alternative or indie stuff. So yeah, this is pretty cool. Cool man. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Kane's Barn used to be good that brand of but now they're straight up indie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, how far is that? Is it like in Tulsa proper, Kane's? Yeah, it's just about four or five blocks. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, fuck, that's a great. 
Yeah. yeah, there's a, a doctor took it over, and he just does straight indie stuff. There's some times where I'm like, I don't even know any of these names on the calendar. Yeah, and they sell the <laughs> place out. You know? Yeah, but so. <laughs> so yeah. those indie, indie, indie bands are the worst band names ever. Like, yeah. There's no imagination playing them at all. Yeah, yeah. Um, Mr. Wives, I mean, what the hell? Yeah. Whoa. Whoa. I saw David Byrne last night, and the opening band was called Perfume Genius. They're called what? Perfume Genius. Perfumed genius. Yeah. See, there you go. <laughs> See, I hate him already. I'm not going to play <laughs> Yeah. No shit. I'm going to play no. Well, so do you guys consider yourself metal? No. 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 I mean, I didn't think so, but. Yeah. I mean, Priest is certainly metal. Right. Yeah. And I think Saxon is certainly metal. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I know that just the conversations we've had, certainly Ricky and Robbie and myself were very aware of Saxon, you know, when we were. You know, shit, man. They've been around a long, oh, yeah. long term. Yeah. Uh, Priest was a, a broader influence, I think, for all of us in some way. I mean, so many great songs, and uh, obviously, the uh, their discography is full of incredible songs and lyrics and riffs. Mm-hmm. But they also had some fucking hits, man. Yeah. I mean, you know, Living After Midnight and Got Another Thing Coming. I mean, you know, those were as big as any other '80s kind of yeah. pop metal songs were. So. It's, um, I mean, we, we consider ourselves a rope band in the same way that ACDC, Motorhead, and Thin Lizzy, I mean, they're not metal bands, they're hard rope bands, yeah. and I think that's the way we would align ourselves with that side of it more than the metal side of it. That's well said. And, and you know, the metal fans pretty much, both pretty much know, embraced yeah, all of those yeah, bands yeah, you yeah, just exactly. said. Yeah. So, uh, I guess that's the cool thing, kind of coming from being an extension of the Thin Lizzy story somewhat, you know. Uh, that was always something Ricky and I've talked about a lot. That was the, one of the greatest things about Lizzie was the diversity over the course of any album. Man, they would have a lot of it's different. It's like Cold Sweat, and then you know, which is almost a metal song. Yeah. And you've got like Dancing in the Moonlight, which is a beautiful pop song, or yeah. Sarah. Or, you know, it's yeah, so, yeah. It's all about diversity. Well, yeah, like you said, most people like both sides of it. Yeah. So if you notice that great response, you know, even I know you guys open. From several years ago with Thin Lizzy, and now on this yeah. tour, has it yeah. always been a great response? It's been brilliant. It's been really, really good. Like you're always going to get the guy that's going to sit there and go, "This isn't metal. I hate it." Yeah. The closed mind and, yeah. and, and you know made up his mind before he's gone to the show that you know anything is not remotely you know you know full on metal. I'm not going to give it a chance. But you know, I'd say 95 percent of the people are open minded, and the reactions we've been getting have been phenomenal. Been really, really good. Yeah. Really pleased, man. We had. We had what I think all of us considered the best Los Angeles experience ever. You know, L.A. is probably, yeah. reputable for just wow. kind of being standoffish. And yeah. Fuck, man. They were... Case went off, you know. They were really all about it. It was, it was exciting. And it's been that way across the board. East Coast think, to West Coast. Yeah, and they can see, you know, our intent. You know, how much effort you know, you'll see when you see us play live. Or, you know, the, the band is very physical and we move around a lot. We're certainly putting, you know, everything we've got into it. Every, every, every ounce of sweat into it and I think people can see that and they appreciate that you know? and it doesn't hurt that we have the king of swagger of all time Scott Gore yes. on the stage left you know? <laughs> I mean there's not a cool motherfucker that's ever held yeah. a Les Paul so yeah. you know, we're, we're, we're lucky man that's gonna help a little bit yeah <laughs> we're in good shape well uh, you know there's only like four shows left yeah so I mean that was kind of one of my things is you know what were some of the the high, high points, I guess, L.A. was, you know. L.A. was definitely a high point. Yeah. It was great to get into Canada. You know, yeah. we've not really had a chance to play in Canada as Black Star Riders. 
um, you know, several highlights. You know, we did a couple shows on our own. We played just outside of Chicago. We headlined the show. It was fucking brilliant, man. You know, it feels good to play over 90 minutes of, of our own stuff. Um, remember the Washington, D.C. show being really cool as well. It's really great yeah, there's show. a beautiful venue right in the middle of D.C., not yeah. far from all the monuments and stuff. And fuck, man, it was a full-on metal audience, and, yeah. and it was packed. And Yeah. You know, we definitely prefer it when they're... The seats aren't right up to the stage when there's at least standing room. Yeah, yeah. yeah that that's sure. always that's always a better uh, environment, I think, for all three bands. But uh, the tour has been incredible. Black Star Riders has not been able. There just hasn't been much of a platform for us to educate people in North America to the degree that we're fortunate to have in Europe, in in the UK specifically. So this tour has been a game changer for us. Yeah. You know, now there's loads of people that are going to at least be aware of Black Star Riders. Yeah. And, you know, our, our goal is to definitely try and build an audience here at home, you know, so that we can, uh, you know, do, do some runs here. We'd, we'd love to, to, to build that fan base. And we're going to be grateful to Judas Priest forever, man, because yeah. I don't think they can fully measure how helpful this has been for us. Yeah. Europe and the UK just seem to get it a little more, you know. That, yeah, you yeah. know, that was a thin Lizzie stronghold, uh, even going back to the late 70s and early 80s. So when we, you know, put the new band together, we thought for about five minutes about calling it Thin Lizzie, and then we were like, nah, that's a bad idea. So <laughs> I think once we did that, the Lizzie fans really came out in strong support. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's just been phenomenal. You know, we get some radio to play over there on BBC Radio 2 on yeah. Planet Rock. It's just a little more infrastructure there for bands like us. Yeah. You guys have put out all three of your albums in right, right under four years in an era where a lot of people shy away from that much product. Is it kind of a thing to establish yourself, or what was the decision on that? Yeah, well, I think once we, we saw the first record, it did as well as it did, we we knew we had to get another record out as quick as we could to keep the whole thing going along and prove to people that it just wasn't a flash in the pan. And we were very serious about what we were doing. You know, also what we write all the time as well. So it was, there's tons of stuff. So we're always dying to go into the studio and record and put stuff out there. Dude, we'd, we'd put an album out every six months and we could get away with it, you know. Yeah. That's where we're at, which is a great position to be in. But, you know, as much as we love to play, we love to write, we love to get into the studio too. So. I've certainly never been in a setting that's this prolific. Uh, Ricky's phenomenal. You know, he's always gathering lyrical content. And a lot of times in the songwriting, that's the biggest challenge, you know, and there's never any shortage of that. So the bonus beyond that is that I, I feel confident that I can bring him anything. It doesn't have to be some 180 beat per minute riff, you know. It can be something kind of folky or something spacey or something stoner or whatever and he'll, he'll give it a fair shake and and uh, you know the, typically the stuff we work on together we, we pull it together pretty quick so um, again man we're lucky that's that's a great place to find yourself well, that was kind of one of my questions both of you even before Black Star Writers were pretty prolific writers so did it mesh pretty quickly between the two of yeah them? straight away within you know the first time we sat down to write there was no, you see, there's no egos. Well, you, you take egos out of the equation, everything's easy in life, generally. Yeah. And it's the same with songwriting. And, and, you know, there was none of that. So we just sat down and, you know, we've, we just love music. We love to write. So 
once that is established, you just go for it, you know. And none of us are precious either, you know. If we don't like something or something's not working, you know, we'll, we'll figure a way out to, to get around it or get rid of it or, you know, it's, it's fun, isn't it, you know. It is a lot of fun. And I think one of our strengths, too, is that we're always putting the emphasis on the, the vocal and the lyric. Mm. Um, I guess for me, having written for many years for myself as a singer, yeah. you know, I'm kind of thinking about that above any musical stuff. Nine times out of ten, there'll be a chord progression and a melody. Then let's finish the lyric. And then the guitar information kind of comes later. Because yeah. for me, that's easy. That's the easy stuff. Fucking lyrics are tough, man. And uh, so I think that's another one of the reasons why we work pretty quickly. He's got tons of content. And then I try to give him as much of a platform to say whatever it is he wants to say and kind of keep the music out of the way yeah. until there's a like an intro or a solo bit or, or something like that. Well, as you know, you being a vocalist before, is there ever times where you want to say, hey, do this or something, and you just kind of let him... No, Ricky's <laughs> got great instincts. I mean, that's yeah. a great question. Um, I mean, again, he's so inviting into the whole process. You know, there's probably been a time where I've said, hey, what if you phrased it like this? And he'll take that on, and, and more times not, he'll go, oh, okay, that's cool. That'll, that, that's got a better cadence, you know, coming out of this section. Uh you know, again, that's the fun stuff, man. Yeah. That's just fucking fun to sit there. It's like a little puzzle because um, it's more than just a riff and a lyric. There's all kinds of minutia inside of it that if you can give that some attention, next thing you know, man, like the fucking song is badass. Uh, you know, we've got, we've got three or four things that we've written just on this tour that, you know, we're fucking lathered up to play it for you know for our producer and for the other guys in the band you know stuff that we feel really confident just a good place to start for the next record so is that something you guys are gonna look into doing as soon as this february 2019 in the studio with nick rascal in this again nashville it's already signed sealed and set in stone yeah another cool thing about black star writers uh there's there's a lot of care and attention to the calendar and kind of planning six, nine, twelve months ahead. Mm -hmm. um, and always kind of thinking what's coming next. And I think that's kind of key to the point you made, you know, three albums in just over four years. It is pretty significant and we're, we're really proud of that. And and in this day and age, man, where there is no, there's no rock radio, there's no yeah. TV or anything like that. That is important to keep firing the content out. Yeah. You know, whatever fan base we have, man, we got to keep them close, give them what they want. Yeah. And if if all they're looking for is great new music, then I think we're going to be okay. I think we'll be able to stick around for a long time. Well, you know, you, you mentioned Nick earlier. I mean, so that's, I mean, talk about working with him. And he must be doing something right. He's doing the new one, so... Yeah, man. I mean, well, he's um, he's just phenomenal. You know, I mean, his resume just speaks for itself, and the people that he's worked with, and clientele, and we're really lucky to have him. Um, you know, uh, and he gets it. He just gets the band and gets what we're trying to do. It's great to work with. You know, he becomes. I know it's cliche, but he does become that. You know, extra member of the band for the time that you're with him, and he invests himself mostly in it very, very heavily. Mm -hmm. which for a band like us is what we want, you know. Um, so it, it's always exciting to work with Nick. You know, he's ruthless. Like, he'll fucking tell you something's not right. And he'll make you go and 
rewrite something 20 times until you get it, until he thinks it's yeah. the best he can get out of you. And I like that. You know, I may not at the time, but <laughs> when the job's done, I certainly do. And the whole thing about it, again, it's stress-free and it's easy and he's got a great place to work. And you know, Damien lives in Nashville, so it's good for him. And, you know, so yeah. again, it's about making, making us feel comfortable and, and just being at home and, and being able to do the best we can do. And Nick, Nick does that. Yeah. So you like that he's a taskmaster. Oh, yeah. 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 No, we, we, no, it's good. We're all pretty driven and it's good to have somebody else that's just as driven and just as outspoken and you know yeah there's plenty of, you know there's plenty of producers you can find that are essentially engineers that are yes men oh that's a great song yeah let's record that Nick's not like that you know he literally will get the guitar and go this transition is not working we gotta we gotta solve this right now um, I don't know how he learned what he has learned I know his time in Los Angeles when he was working at Sound City I'm sure you saw the documentary, oh, yeah. man. Yeah. I think we all fell in love with Nick Raskolnik just from that movie. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I would have never thought we could attract somebody of his of his caliber, you know. So um, it's just it's always fascinating to me, you know. From day one of pre production, he shows up with that notebook. He's made notes already on all the demos that we've provided, and then he'll be like, "Okay, let's do." Uh, Today we're going to play Dancing with the Wrong Girl. We need to click that up a couple beats. It's a little slow and, you know, just little things, man. He's always, he's got the big picture in his head all yeah. the time. But then at the same time, it's not rocket science. You know, it's just a process. Mm -hmm. And uh, I agree totally with Ricky. We're pretty driven. You know, there, there's personalities in the band. Sometimes you got to push somebody a little bit. And, uh, and Nick, he's very comfortable telling you no. Yeah. No, that's a shitty guitar tone. We're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna play something else. Yeah. That's not working. Well, how do you feel that the band has progressed over these since you guys started a few years ago? Oh, oh leaps right leap, leap and bounds. You know, um, yeah, I think just from just playing and touring as much as we have, and, and really getting to know each other inside it as well. You know, plus we've had two personnel changes that, in my opinion, with no disrespect to the other two guys that were in Blackstar Riders. The two personal changes we've had with, with Robbie Crane coming in 2014 was a massive game changer in somebody that gets the band totally musically, is edgy on stage, has great attitude. And then the addition of Chad Zaliga last year, same thing. You know, and as a band, I think the last year, I feel we've been untouchable. You know, certainly in the last six, seven months, we've been playing better than we've ever played. I agree with that. And, you know, that's, that's, that's really helped, you know. So we're in a really good place right now, you know. Everything feels good. Yeah, I think we've progressed in that we're even finer tuning our own understanding of what Black Star Riders is. Mm -hmm. I don't think we feel limited in any way, you know. I think our last record really was pretty melodic. It was almost, you know, there was a lot of... Uh, BBC Radio 2 friendly songs on there <laughs> and not a damn thing wrong with that that's just yeah. kind of you know what we came up with mm -hmm. you know the newer stuff feels a little heavier and, and that's cool you know but we never feel limited by any of that it's really is this a great song or is it not a great song regardless of tempo regardless of the arrangement or what kind of a song it is we're, we're really dialing in to what is Black Star Riders and 
I'm sure you guys might have picked up on the comments just through social media. It's nice when people say, oh, you're stepping out of the shadow of Thin Lizzy. We never even felt like that was a problem. We never felt like it was a shadow. We felt like it was a blessing. Yeah. It was a gift for us to be able to come from that. And we're always going to be proud of that yeah. origin and that legacy. And for someone to hear testifiers say goodbye and go, oh, man, that reminds me of something off of fighting. Fucking killer. Yeah. You know, what a compliment. That's great. But, you know, journalists sometimes go, so how do you sit down and write a Thin Lizzy song? The fuck if we know. <laughs> you know, yeah. we're, you know, because we're not writing Thin Lizzy songs. Yeah. We're writing Black Star Writer songs. And so having Scott's guitar, uh, you know, his guitar imprint inside of, you know, Ricky sharing really a lot of the same songwriting influences that even Phil had. Yeah. And then that, you know, Celtic background and that, that that Irish storytelling, yeah, I, I totally get that. Though sometimes there'll be a with the familiarity, mm -hmm. fucking killer. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. That's great. Well, you know, I I really I gotta say I like that you guys just have decided. You know, we're, we still have the thing going, but we're gonna call it something new. I think that's how a lot of bands do it. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> and uh, I. Notice that straight away. That's really awesome. Thank well, you. thank you. I mean, I know we recognize that's a tough decision for, for any band. Yeah. And, I mean, trust me, we can tell you the challenges, uh, you know, awareness-wise, financially, all kinds of stuff. You know, I, I get why some bands go, up. Oh, let's just get another singer and let's go out and play the hits and maybe put yeah. a new record out. You know, that's, that's their... That's their prerogative to make that decision. But particularly as there's so few, there were so few original members in the latest version of Thin Lizzy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. To call it Thin Lizzy and put out new music, it just, it just, it wouldn't have been right man, at all. It just wouldn't have been right. So thank you for saying that. Uh, yeah. we, well, we, we agree. We feel the same <laughs> way. Do you guys still get calls from like festivals to do Thin Lizzy live shows? Well, we did some last year. Oh, we did, did a boot. Oh, okay. We actually went out with uh, Richie Blackmore's Rainbow in, okay. in Europe, and we did about seven shows with Scott Travis from Judas Priest playing drums. Oh, wow. Scott and played Tom drums. Tom and, and Tom right. Hamlet yeah, from yeah, Aerosmith yeah. played bass. Yeah. So that's Bad Scott's ass. thing. You know, <laughs> you know Lizzie, Lizzie is Scott's thing. And, you know, Scott feels like doing a few shows and says to me and Damon, I want to do 10 Lizzie shows this year. We're the first to go, no problem. Because we love it, you know. And, you know, next year's the 50th anniversary of Lizzie, so I'm sure there might be, you know, a dozen Lizzie shows next year at some point. I don't know. That's up to Scott. But, you know, he, you know, he, he doesn't, there'll be no more tours. It'll be one-off shows, and that's what we've been, that's what Scott's been doing. Uh, and that's great, because we love doing it. So, no problem. It doesn't conflict with Black Star Riders. I think it only helps Black Star Riders, to be honest with you. So, yeah, so that's where we're at with, with Lizzie. So, I mean, yeah, the calls come in all the time, of course. But the calls come in all the time for Black Star Riders now in Europe. I mean, we've, we did it every European festival on demand last summer, mm -hmm. and we're about to do another, you know, dozen this summer, mm -hmm. which so, you know, we're, which is great, you know. Yeah. It's the best of both, world, both worlds. Really. Yeah, that's another thing that I think you guys would be interested in. You know, when we put out All Hell Breaks Loose in 2013, I mean, we didn't have enough songs to play a whole set, so we needed those Thin Lizzy songs. It was kind of 50-50. With the Killer Instinct, it was about, you know, 65-35. And then when we played in the UK, upon the release of Heavy Fire, I think we had two Lizzy songs in the whole 90-minute set. So that's, that's fun for us, but also 
really gratifying that the fan base embraces that and loves that. Yeah. And I think it's it's kind of fun for them. On hey, if it's Black Star Riders, we want to hear BSR. And then there's a handful of Thin Lizzy dates, and if they can fly to Switzerland and see that festival yeah. and rock out and yeah. we'll play all the hits for, for 90 minutes. <laughs> so it's um, we're, we're lucky, man. You know, that, that's, a, that's a cool place to, to find ourselves. To fucking teenage me would not believe that, <laughs> <laughs> that all this would be happening, you know. I've seen videos of the Warwick Johnson shows and... Is that something you guys are going to do more of in the future? We are. We're going. We're going out in the fall. You know, we have a UK and European tour, um, which we're about to embark on for about four or five weeks. And yeah, again, that's just fun and it's easy, and you know, we enjoy doing it, and it, it's, it's good for us. It keeps our chops up, and you know, playing acoustic and it's hard work. <laughs> you know, and 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 it's cuts a ring down, but it gives Dale and I a chance to hang out. It gives us more of a chance to write. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's a nice little offshoot that we have that we're able to do that. And yeah, absolutely. We love doing it. Really appreciate it to Ricky. You know, uh, I, I give him a lot of credit for that starting at all. Uh, Ricky's a fucking legend himself in the UK. And, you know, he's he's got so many great solo albums out himself. I mean, quality songwriting. And so early on in the Thin Lizzy, was it? Maybe right at the end of Lizzie started BSR. Mm-hmm. You did it. He had a gig in Belfast, outside of Belfast, and he said, "Hey, you want to come down and you know maybe sit in?" And I said, "Fuck, man, that'd be great." And we wound up doing like eight songs together, yeah. and it was it was like instantly it was like, "Wow, okay, there's something different <laughs> yeah. and special." Because you know, every a lot of band guys will get up and sing and play acoustic. The energy level was the same as an electric show. You know, the sweat and the you know, the audience participation was just fucking great. So, you know, we booked three shows and then we did a run of 10 and then we did an entire month. And um, it's just this bonus thing mm-hmm. that's really fun. It's really simple. It's yeah. really simple, man. Yeah. You know, Ricky, me and, and one guy to help us, you know, drive the rental car and we don't need a bus and we don't need a five-man crew and all this overhead and you know it's a good night out for the fans and for us i hope we can do more of those in the states honestly yeah it's great i've seen your solo shows before and at one of them you were asking people what they wanted to hear oh wow is that something you guys do or what's like the craziest request you ever got doing that we sort of had to curtail it a bit we were going up there without a set list and you know, the shows would end up being three hours. Oh, God. <laughs> and, you know, we, we don't have the luxury of being, you know, we can do one on a day off or two on a yeah. day off. We're doing 20 on on a day off. 20 days in a row. You know, and it just got to 15, 16. I was like, I'm losing my mind. You know, I'm just like, I'm, you know, calluses in my hands like I've never had before and the voice is going. And, you know, I said, bro, we got to just pick a set list. <laughs> Oh, we gotta, we gotta keep it to two hours. We do two hours, which is still a long it's time. It's a long yeah. fucking time, you know, man. Yeah. 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 yeah, and I mean, I was so yeah. grateful that he finally said, "Hey, maybe we should shorten it," because I was over there going, "God damn, we're playing a long time." <laughs> you know, especially <laughs> every you know, day, and you're traveling in a rental. It's not like you know you're doing three hours and get on a private jet and a day off in a nice hotel, and then yeah. you it's like you're you know, three hours. You're going out. You're shaking everybody's hand. You're talking to them, which yeah. is amazing. You're getting in back to the hotel, and you're up. You're in a rental. You know. It's 
full on, you know, and none of us are as young as we used to be, you know. <laughs> but we've got it kind of got it down now to where it's two yeah. hours and, and it seems to be a bit easier and we don't, we don't, you know, we still put everything into it. We still push ourselves really hard, but we're not killing ourselves. Yeah. 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 Three hours with no set list that probably played everything. <sighs> Dude. <laughs> Definitely everything, man. Everything. To all the PSR, lots of Lizzie, lots of Almighty, some Brother Kane, yeah. <laughs> his solo stuff, my solo oh, stuff. covers. Great covers. Kind of looking at each other going, do we, what other songs do we know some nights? What did you know? You know? <laughs> yeah, just to play yeah. something different. Yeah. Yeah, awesome. yeah we love it, man. Thanks for, for checking that out. Yeah. Well, speaking of Brother Kane, this is the 25th anniversary of the first album. Can we expect anything from that? Or? You know, um, it's been flattering. There's some... There's some you know, writer, music guys in the Southeast that have reached out and, and they want to talk it up. And wow, man, that's just flattering. You know, that's cool. I stay in touch with all the guys. We all get on great. It's just really difficult to get the schedules to line up. You know, I mean, just with the things we've discussed with you guys right now, between BSR, Lizzie, Warwick Johnson, you know, Ricky's got a solo career. I, you know, I'm putting out another solo record, hopefully this fall. Yeah. So... Man, that's a full plate. That's a that's more than a full plate for us. And um, you know, I think if the guys were burning up my phone, going, "Hey, man, we need to go. We need to get the band back together." <laughs> you know, we could figure out you know some way to do it. But again, that everyone's busy. You know, yeah. uh, Romans and Jackal and Dave Anderson plays in the Atlanta rhythm section, and Scott got remarried and he's got three stepdaughters now, and he's happier than a pig and shit up in <laughs> Michigan. And yeah. so. Uh, uh, but you know, man, I'm proud of those songs. Proud of proud of that band, and uh, I feel like, fortunately, we never did anything musically that we're not proud of. So uh, that's an accomplishment from that era for sure. <laughs> yeah. You know, so we're yeah. we're really proud of that. Thank you for asking. Yeah. What your solo stuff? What are you, what are you doing? What are you gonna do? Um, I'm gonna record a new album at the end of the year. Hopefully in December. Called when life was fast and hard, mm. and uh, I don't know when it's gonna come out. Yeah, some, it'll come out some point. Yeah, this fucking guy. He, he already knows his album title. For God's <laughs> sake, what the fuck? I can't come up with that until the goddamn thing's being mixed and go. Oh, I think we should call it this. That's awesome. We're, go- we're going up to uh, the Joshua Tree and record it up there. Nice, nice. Yeah, you know, I mean, I, I but again, it's the damn says schedule. I don't know when. Yeah, it, I'll, I'll just sit on it until there's a window where I can go. Okay, yeah, let's put it out. Yeah, well, you know, BSR has probably got to be prime. Well, it, it is. Just, it's a prime. It's a prime yeah. thing, and everything else we, we work on that and maneuver yeah. around it as much as we can. Yeah, Blackstone Riders has brought really fantastic attention to whatever else you know we're involved in. Even the, even the Thin Lizzy reunion, man. You know, Blackstone yeah. Riders has been good for that. So, um, I just. I, I've said it many times, man. I, I have no problem admitting that I was. It was hard for me to believe that a band of guys looking at fifty, one looking at sixty, yeah. you know, could yeah. start a new band under a new name yeah. and and really grow it to any level that you could sustain yourself. And we've absolutely done that, and that's that is very significant. Um, just looking back over the last five years, it, it, I just kind of go, wow. Yeah. I mean, it's been a lot of work. You know, it's definitely taken commitment to, to, you know, saving money, get in the van, as many guys as you can fit, and sometime playing eight shows in a row and 
know, it's rough on him physically, but we can't afford to take the days off. You know, we <laughs> yeah. still got to pay for the bus and the guitar tech, you know, all that yeah. kind of stuff. And by hook or by crook, we have we've, we've pulled it off, you know, and it's it's been nice, man, to get some of these phone calls about some festival offers this summer. Yeah. And you're like, wow, okay, they're going to pay us to come and play our own <laughs> songs. Killer! <laughs> It's fun, man. Yeah, definitely. We appreciate you guys' time. Yeah, thanks for oh, time. Thank you, guys. Great, great questions. Yeah, sure. Thank really you. enjoyed that. Thank, thank, you. thank you both. Cool. I, you know, when when I first heard of you guys, you know, the first album, I was like, this is awesome. We'll never see it in the USA. So <laughs> that you guys are here in it's our town. It's just great to be here, man. It's, you know, it's, it's cool. It's we feel cool the same way, you know. Yeah. You know? We're so pleased, yeah. as Damon said. We, 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 you know, we it's a weird situation. We actually sell, you know, do okay sales wise in the states without even ever playing here. Mm-hmm. I was always like, well, if we ever got the chance to play it, but you know, there's no, we just can't afford to go out with guys our age and kids and families and do a club tour and, yeah. lose, and lose money. Mm-hmm. We just can't lose money. Yeah. Not 50 years of age, you know. If, you know, this is our job. So we needed something like this that was still made a great deal of money. This where financially we could do it, we wouldn't lose out, and we get to play in front of a big audience. So hopefully, when we do come back now. These club shows will be 200, 200 more people there than there would be if we just came out and played for nothing. Yeah. I mean, that's the plan. You know? yeah, exactly. And then this priest thing just came out of nowhere. We're just like, this is it. This is what we've been waiting for. Because we were close to a couple of big tours and, you know, last minute they didn't quite come off and blah, blah, blah. I mean, you kind of back your mind going, oh, is that it? We're just going to have to forget about the States, which is very frustrating because, you know, four of the guys are from here mm-hmm. and four of us live here. We want to, you know, you want to be successful in your own backyard, yeah. you know. But yeah, thankfully, yeah, you know. Thank you, Rob Halford. Yes, yeah. Lynn Tipton. <laughs> no doubt. Is Lynn Tipton here today? Yes, he is. Uh, he is I think so. Right. Yeah, nice. I think so, man. I think he's doing the, the remaining days. We won't okay. tell anybody. Yeah, you didn't hear that. It was just certain. You didn't hear that. No, <laughs> he's awesome. Man. It's bro. That's like goosebump material yeah. every night. Yeah, the way they, the way it's all done. You, as soon as he comes out, you go, oh, I see what Damon was talking about. It's really, <laughs> yeah, it's it's fucking really cool, man. It's really cool. Well, thanks, guys. Oh, yeah. thank you, man. Really enjoyed great. that, guys. Thank, thank you very much. There you go. Ricky Warwick and Damon Johnson of Black Star Writers and, of course, Thin Lizzy as well. A huge thank you to Austin Griswold of Secret Service Publicity and to their tour manager, Ryan, as well, for the help getting that thing together. Yes. And a huge thank you to Damon and Ricky for willing to sit down with us for a little over 30 minutes and do that thing. That's right. Quite an honor. Yeah. Well, anything else we need to talk about before we get through this thing? I think that does it. We've got upcoming episodes now with Sean McCoy of Boba Flex. Yes. Yeah, we just did this one this past weekend whenever Boba Flex was in Tulsa. Very cool to see them live and to record that one. So we've got that one coming here in the next week or so. And we've also got one with Adam Jode recorded yes. as well. Scattered Hamlet making his return to the podcast. And as usual, that one's fantastic as well. Of course. Yeah, and we should have a couple more things on the next episode to announce. Of course, here in a couple weeks, we'll be out at Rocklahoma. So if you're coming to Rocklahoma, come by and say what's up. We've got wristbands, t-shirts, koozies, all that great stuff. All of it. Yeah. And you can get it all now at thethunderground.com. So follow us. Get on there. Follow us on Facebook at The Underground, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, all that great stuff. You can listen to all our past episodes 
right there on the website. I go to soundcloud.com backslash thunderdash underground. Everything's also on Google Music, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, all that great stuff. We've had past episodes, like we mentioned, Shooter Jennings, Corrosion and Conformity, Scattered Hamlet. We've had on, hey, who's blowing up right now? Bad Wolves. We've had on Doc yep, Coyle Doc last year. They're coming to Tulsa later this week. They'll be better than the headliner. Just letting you know ahead of time. <laughs> we had a we had a, a guy named Biff Byford. That's right. Just recently, of course, recorded Saxon. the same night as this yep. one you're hearing now. The very last episode was Biff from Saxon, and that also made some news on Blavermouth yes. with what Biff said about J.J. French, which was pretty much true. Yep, pretty much true. Yeah, and then I noticed just a few days later, there's an interview where uh, Lips from Anvil's yep. basically and going off on J.J. as well. He's fucking right, too. Yeah. <laughs> but also, guys from Shinedown, King, Saving Abel, Megadeth, we've had on... Two guys from Megadeth, Dave Elfson, Chris Broderick. Found on two guys from a band named Kiss, Gene Simmons. You might have heard of them. Yeah, Bruce Kulick, formerly of them, also now in Grand Funk Railroad. Who else? The Sword. Yeah, and guess what? They're coming back here That's next right. week. I'm going. Miss yeah. May I? Oh, by the way, I finally, I don't know why, but I finally listened to Used Future. I had not for some reason. What'd you think? It was really good. Hell yeah. I dug it. Yeah. Royal Republic. We've That's had right. Them on. Yeah. Oh yeah. Truck fighters, Warrant, Europe, Dockin, tons of great bands. Yes. So just dig back through there, find all this stuff. Like I said, thethunderunderground.com. You can listen to them straight there, or find the links for everything on there. Let's get out of here. Till next time. Thunder Underground, y'all.